This is the hour of decision. Your nation is in crisis. Elites have declared war on you, telling lie after lie on that battlefield that is inside your mind. But sometimes truth escapes and resistance rises. Hey, it's none too soon. Foreign enemies are getting ready to move on your country. And your government is protecting the lawless, but not you. The middle ground, the moderation, it's melting away. And history is calling. Because this is the hour of decision. So welcome to my program. My name is Lou Moore. And... uh, This is the beginning of Hour of Decision, a weekly or more podcast that we're going to be putting together at News for America. Uh, We're going to be covering a lot of things. First of all, uh, we're going to talk about making sure you have made a decision, or have you? Have you decided that it's more important for you to save your country than anything else? Have you decided that maybe you'll be willing to vote next time? Or that you might start reading the news. I mean, I don't know where you're at. You should take stock of yourself. I would uh, really appreciate it if you're a fellow American, if you would. But what kind of decision, when we say our decision, what kind of decision are we talking about? Well, I'd say no submission, no compromise, and that you will fight. Fight how? I am not asking you to do anything illegal with a firearm, a bomb, a bow and arrow, or uh, any other weaponry. Not asking for that, hoping that is not where you might be headed in your life right now. But we do need to stand and we do need to fight. So what does that mean? Does it mean running for office, helping somebody else run for office? Join advocates that are pressuring politicians, pressuring school boards, pressuring the Congress to change their ways. God, I wish that would be working right now. Uh, are you a donor? Have you, are you sitting on a pile of money and just waiting to hand it out to other patriots? Kind of doubting that. But um, that's part of the fight, though. Um, we need finances to win this thing. But before you even decide what you are going to do, once you've made that decision, you need to know probably a little bit more than you do now. You need to get educated. History, political philosophy, strategy, tactics. I'm not talking about college courses here. And I'm not talking about dropping everything to study those things in a classroom with a blackboard. Really bad idea. Since these are practical elements of a very practical thing we're trying to achieve in saving this country. But yet you do need to know. I I need to know more about these things. We are all learning in those areas. And, you know, there's a lot of conservative media out there, a lot of mega media, extreme right-wing media, libertarian media, ton of it out there because of the what's happened with the Internet And the fact that technology is so much cheaper than it was when I used to have to pay $2,000 for a 30-second television spot and drive into the big city and film it there. The world's completely changed. That's a curse and a blessing, both of them. You know, there's a problem. One of the problems is uh, probably summed up in the word clickbait. 
because everybody to get you to listen to a new podcast, to uh, watch a new Rumble channel or whatever it is, uh, generally, uh, you know, they say you got two or three seconds to engage somebody before they just flip on to something else. And that might mean in this case, all of you are gone and I'm talking to myself. I hope not. But uh, so, you know, that immediate sensationalism is what uh, draws eyeballs and keeps eyeballs on what you are doing. It's understandable. But it also uh, tends to distort what actually is going on. Now, there's also a problem with tangents. The most important thing is the low-income housing tax credit. There is nothing more important than the low-income housing tax credit. We must stand and fight for the low-income housing tax credit no matter what. Uh, well, first of all, I, I don't even support that at this point in my life, if you, if you even know what that is. Uh, but secondly, you know, we, we need to prioritize here. And, and not everybody is going to want to be involved with the same kinds of things. That's fine. I am a believer in following your passion. But at the same time, uh, there has to be some method to the madness, so to speak. It's also the problem of burnout. You get totally convinced that this is the most important thing in the world for you to do, and then you drop everything, and you, uh, you may not spend as much time with your family as you should, or you spend too much money. I know people, uh, I was involved with the Ron Paul campaign. Actually, I ran the 2008 Ron Paul campaign, national campaign manager. And I, I talked to people that I verified this. They uh, borrowed all they could borrow against their house. And uh, gave as much as they could within the campaign limits to Ron, to Dr. Paul, and then spent the rest of it on grassroots activity to help Dr. Paul. Well, that was great, uh, but probably not the right move unless you are really, really wealthy. So, uh, you know, figure out, figuring out what to do, how to do it, how much of it to do at any one time question of balance all the issues there are so many issues this country has so many problems right now the border what's going on in our schools and that in itself is a world of topics uh, what is happening overseas what's happening in Israel what could happen in Taiwan what's happening in Ukraine what could happen in North Korea uh, what's happening uh, below our southern border as well as what's happening at the border uh, uh, as I speak, there's getting ready to be a war in South America. And we used to have the Monroe Doctrine. We used to tell people, uh, you know, you can't do this kind of stuff uh, in our hemisphere. That, that thinking is gone. The Chinese are all over our hemisphere. Uh, the Russians are, have never left. Uh, places like Nicaragua, uh, Cuba, etc., Venezuela, Venezuela uh, in this era, since Chavez and uh, Madero. And... Uh, so we got a lot of problems there. Uh, we have a cultural pro. We have cultural problems. We have kids that can't read. We have kids that can read and have college degrees that can't write. There's kids that uh, can read and have college degrees and can't write, but have not been taught anything worth reading. So you know, there's just a plethora of problems. It calls for some prioritization, as well as a call to action. So. Um, 
There's lots of issues. We're going to try to talk about the most important ones and also ones that you are not hearing about other places on some occasions. Uh, you know, we are going to talk about current news stories mainly to deconstruct narratives, to point out things about the stories. Uh, you know, we're not competing with the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of websites and Telegram channels and X and Gab and all these places where you can get news. Uh, but uh, we may have something to offer in terms of interpreting uh, that news. Uh, we definitely want to put some historical context into the news and into things you might be considered, uh, you might consider doing as an activist. So we are going to <clears throat> get into history to give you some context. We are going to particularly talk about the history of our enemies. And we got a lot of enemies. And uh, I might, uh, this is already going to now depart from some of the stuff you're probably hearing. But Russia is a definite enemy of the United States. China, as is currently constituted, is a definite enemy of the United States. United States. Radical Islam is a, is a definite enemy to the United States. Uh, the World Economic Forum is filled with enemies, people uh, who are enemies of the United States from many countries. And even some of our friends need to be watched carefully. You know, Israel stole our atomic secrets. They, they blew up the USS Liberty. Not going way down that rabbit hole, but even our friends, Britain, interfered with the election in World War II. A lot of people don't know that. Anyway, we're not going to cover every different obtuse bit of history that might be interesting, but we are going to talk about the context that uh, some history can provide us, and particularly history of our enemies. We're going to talk about politics and politicians and the histories and the background and the backstory of many of uh, the politicians you hear about all the time. And without question, we're going to talk about tactics and strategies for activists. Who to persuade, how to persuade them. And we're going to get into all these kinds of things on this show. Um, we're going to review books. I don't know how many people out there actually read books now. I struggle with it myself, with all the other information that's coming at me. But, you know, whether you read books, whether you read audiobooks, whether you skim books... Uh, we're going to make some suggestions in that area. And uh, we're going to interview some interesting people. <clears throat> we're going to have some regular contributors to this show. Uh, J.R. Nyquist is one of those. Going to be interviewing him in uh, two or three days. He uh, is a prophet in many ways in terms of predicting the international problems uh, that uh, we uh, are in. And predicting them a long time ago. Uh, fascinating individual well worth your time to listen to him uh, we have another individual I won't use his name right now but uh, uh, he is uh, steeped in Austrian free market economics and will be joining us frequently to talk about money to talk about central banking to talk about the debasement of the currency a real big issue facing America right now and uh, not investment advice per se, but uh, talking about some common sense principles to use uh, as you try to protect and build uh, your uh, financial resources. 
<clears throat> We're hoping to provide value to those who have committed to save this country. How to use your time and resources. And there's not going to be a great big lecture program. It's kind of starting to sound like that to me as I look at my notes. But, you know, I don't hear a lot of talk about many of these things. And uh, I have some opinions. I have a bit of experience. Been in active uh, politics pretty much 55 years. I'm 68 years old right now. Started pretty young. Um, seen a lot of things. Been in a lot of political campaigns. Have won uh, some campaigns that folks thought were unwinnable. Have lost a number of campaigns working for principled conservatives primarily in Washington State, Western Washington State. Not the greatest atmosphere to run those kinds of people. But anyway, I have a lot of experiences I can share uh, and wisdom I believe I can impart or give you things to think about as you're deciding that you disagree with me, which is fine, too. Um, you know, how do you keep it real? How do you get committed? How do you stay fired up but not become a fanatic? Uh, this is also a problem, unfortunately, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, when you want to persuade somebody, if they're open to receiving a piece of literature, don't give them nine books. Don't, uh, don't give them 34 websites. Don't bring up 96 topics. Because even as I'm speaking tonight, if you think about my words and you have a, a knowledge base of your own, there is a lot going on, and it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me. I can imagine how it would be to somebody who's thinking, you know, gee, th there's something wrong here. There's something wrong in the country. I maybe should be doing something about it. Uh, you know, so there are ways of approaching people and uh, ways of selecting people to approach and to talk to and to persuade. Uh, many times <clears throat> we make mistakes in that area. <clears throat> And also, uh, the way events are going, <clears throat> the biggest problem, I don't think, is, gonna, is convincing people today there's something wrong. Uh, showing them ways to do something about it, I think, is our bigger task. And that's the one I want to try to help out with. There's a big problem in activist patriotic circles with distractions. Things that, that we call shiny toys. Pet projects. And misdirection plays that come uh, a lot of times from our own leaders. Yeah, I'm going to give you an example of 10 items I feel are either distractions or outright dangers that uh, there are people, in some cases very wealthy people, very persuasive people, people with conservative resumes uh, that are trying to uh, lure you into. One of them is this whole idea that the best thing in the world for education is vouchers and charter schools. I'm not going to get into depth here, but I'm going to point out that the biggest supporter in the United States of charter schools and the man who has by far put the most money behind it and has the biggest organization behind it is named Bill Gates. Heard of him? You know, there's some other things about Bill Gates some people are a little bit concerned about, like vaccines and world government and other things he thinks are just swell. So maybe charter schools is not quite the best. Uh, and that, of course, gets into the issue of the government getting more involved with private schools and homeschooling and homeschooling co-ops, things like that. 
So we're going to devote a little attention to that issue, the balanced budget amendment. Oh, my God, what a waste of time that is. Uh, they're never going to vote for it, and it's probably not a good idea if, peop- if the uh, powers that be, particularly the Congress, the president, ever do uh, sub- you know, vote for it and enact it. Uh, that's something that we'll cover at another time. But let me just say in general— that the magic bullet is not some piece of legislation or new procedure. That's generally not the thing that is going to be a good use of your time and could actually be a use of your time that's going to hurt your own objectives. Uh, the Constitutional Convention, terrible idea, awful idea, backed by a lot of people who are not really our friends, even though the face of that movement, uh, people like Mark Meckler and uh, Rick Santorum, I'm not going to comment on them, uh, character or anything else, but they are dead wrong on this issue. Anton Scalia, uh, Phyllis Schlafly, and other giants of the uh, patriotic movement were right. We don't want to open up a, our, our Constitution, for God's sake, in a convention. Uh, another idea kind of comes from a different place. This idea that, what are you going to do? Vote for the lesser of two evils again? Are you some kind of idiot? And you can't vote for Trump. Didn't you hear what he did? Or he didn't, you know, he he uh, employed Dr. Fauci. Uh, he hired Chris Ray, blah, 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 blah. And uh, won't go way down the Trump rabbit hole right now. But l- let me just tell you something. Your vote, political parties... Slates of delegates, um, issue sets, as they call them, they are weapons. They are weapons to get you where eventually you know you need to go. They're not a test of your character. My God, Donald Trump would not be uh, my candidate. He is my candidate, but he would not be my candidate if I was trying to make sure that more than anything else, I made a strong moral statement. And uh, terrible idea. Now, Third parties, usually where this idea is housed, can have their uses. And sometimes you just need to advocate the truth uh, no matter what. And third parties can be a place to do that. Although I would argue Ron Paul you know, reached, what, five, six, seven hundred times the number of people uh, running as a Republican with the same ideas as he had in 1988 when he ran as a Libertarian. So um, that, that is bad thinking. You know, whether you should always support the moderate or support whoever the Republicans have because we don't want the lesser of two evils doctrine, that's something different. And I don't, I, I'm not saying you should always support somebody who's not quite as bad as the other guy. But what I'm saying is people need to think strategically and tactically about things like elections, candidates, political parties, uh, et cetera. The Great Divorce. We are definitely going to be talking about that. This is not a good idea. This idea of dividing the United States between red and blue states. First of all, I hate this red state, blue state thing. I don't know if you know the origins of that. But um, blue had always been the uh, color of the Republican Party. And it's been proven over and over and over and over again that if you're going to be uh, careful about which color you choose in politics, you choose blue. Uh, And uh, 
Guess which color really is more representative if you look at the history and the whole deal with the Democrats? It is definitely red. I mean, do I need to go a lot further with that? Uh, red has always been the color of the socialists, of the revolutionaries, of the people that want to destroy the order of things and not maintain them. Uh, but we will talk. That's a sidebar. But uh, uh, that's a tangent. Anyway, um, the great divorce is a terrible idea. First of all, who's going to get the nukes? I mean, that's, a, that's the first thing that popped in my head when I heard about this. I get the fact that our country is getting more and more and more divided. But the other thing, pull out a map that has red and blue on it. If you look at the 2020 election, how much blue is there on that map? I mean, come on. There are millions of patriots in California. I used to live in the north state of California and in northern California. Uh, I don't want to throw all those people to the wolves just because the people in San Francisco and L.A. and San Diego uh, are numbskulls, too many of them. And there's good people there, too. But anyway, no way. No way. Uh, you know, uh, some of these counties that want to move to another state, like uh, my old state, uh, folks in eastern Washington, folks in eastern Oregon uh, would like to be in Idaho. God, I don't blame them. That's different. I mean, a reordering of things like that. And there's also been the Jefferson movement in the uh, far north of California and southern Oregon, forming a new state of Jefferson. I don't think it's getting very far, but uh, I totally get it. And I'm not philosophically opposed to that. But let me tell you what I am philosophically opposed to. Uh, handing a bunch of states to our enemies and then hoping to hang on to the other states and dividing up the nukes and all the rest of, rest of our military capability and all the other hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of actual decisions would have to be made if there is this divorce. What I want to do, I want to win. I want to win. I mean, maybe we end up giving enclaves uh, to the San Franciscans and the uh, you know people in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta or something. I, I don't even know that. But I uh, certainly do not want to give them the whole uh, of the United States to be carved up. Uh, totally against that. It's getting in, uh, getting more popular. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene brought it up. Uh, Wayne Allen Root. But again, we get back to this clickbait thing. I mean, uh, divorce. Oh, I, I read that. Uh, you know, divide the United States. Boy, that's interesting. Um, yeah, we need to talk about that a little bit more. But anyway, that's another example, in my opinion, of a distraction and possibly a dangerous one for patriots. Uh, and you know. The people and the uh, southern the southern nationalists, uh, I kind of get it, uh, really. In a lot of ways, uh, I won't get into that issue now, but I will on this uh, broadcast. And uh, you know, you folks may want to hear a southern nationalist talk, but uh, I'm sympathetic on a certain level with them. But I do not want to uh, I do not want to divorce the one of the best parts of the United States, but a lot of our the best soldiers, the best uh, human beings on earth. Uh, the, the traditional Southerners, I, I don't want them in another country. I want them uh, in our country in a constitutional system where a state can nullify uh, federal edicts that are unconstitutional, where counties have the sovereignty they were supposed to have, the sheriff has the power he was supposed to have. Uh, I want to deal with it that way, not with the big divorce. Um, the perfect instead of the good. Uh, you know, when I worked for uh, I worked for a congressman for six years, Jack Metcalf in Washington State, good man. I would constantly hear, 
Now, come on. We don't want to uh, uh, destroy the good, trying to reach the perfect. Uh, you know, you got to go along with this. Well, you know, th- that was just used to manipulate people to continue to sell this country down the drain and support the moderates with all the corporate money in their pocket. But at the same time, it is also true. Uh, you know, uh, you're not going to get a perfect presidential candidate, and I do not care what your belief system is. It isn't going to happen. People are different. People have different opinions. People have different political pressures. People have different political realities that they do have to deal with when they're running for the school board or they're running for president. Uh, but uh, so that's a worthy topic, the good and the perfect. But uh, at the same time, it is abused greatly by people trying to manipulate, uh, often manipulate patriots. Um, illegal activities, playing with guns is often not a good thing to mix with uh, conservative politics. Just telling you. Uh, I'm a firearm owner. I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, which is not one of my favorite organizations, by the way. Uh, but uh, be careful. There are a lot of people circulating trying to get you in trouble and get you to say something or do something that will make a jury think that you are a traitor to the United States rather than a patriot. Be very, very careful. And, uh, you know, this is not the time for illegal activities. This is the time to uh, get our act together as individuals, as families, as local communities, and then uh, work the best we can to uh, make the changes all the way to the top that are possible to make. Uh, Conspiracy theories. I love a good conspiracy theory. I had a friend tell me a while back, uh, she goes, I just look for the people they're accusing of uh, spreading conspiracy theories. I know they're telling the truth. And uh, maybe that is true many times, but um, sometimes not so much. And a lot of times you get too far into all this stuff and it's like... There is no hope. Everybody's the bad guy. Everybody's ever been in the CIA is no good. Uh, 45 different major people were involved with killing John F. Kennedy. Uh, the Masons are terrible. For 10 centuries, they're awful. But oops, wait a minute. George Washington was a Mason and most of our founders. So, oh, throw that out now. Uh, you know, or, or the other direction, like with QAnon, where, oh, everything's taken care of. No worry. And, uh, you know, that kind of goes with uh, some of the theology people hold, and I'm not going to deconstruct your theology if you continue to listen to this podcast, but uh, uh, seriously, you're just going to wait to be taken up into a cloud? I mean, there wouldn't have been an America if the ministers of that day had that belief, which they did not have. Uh, Another topic, the rapture and uh, Schofield and all that, but um, let me just say, you got to be a little careful. And... uh, I do believe in God, and I do believe in prayer. But um, cults, cults within the movement, guys that have all the answers. People like me start a podcast, say, listen to me, don't listen to anybody else. I'm actually kidding about that. But um, uh, be careful that you're not going too far into the occult of personality on some level. And uh, be careful about financial opportunities that may come your way. Uh, I live in the state of Utah where affinity fraud is rampant with the good LDS folk that trust all their fellow parishioners and believe it when they hear a penny stock is going to make them a million dollars, you know, too many times. You know, that happens 
in any group where there is an affinity and you get a bunch of sincere patriots together, uh, want to do what's right, are concerned about the future financially, uh, ripe for affinity fraud. Please be careful about that. Don't buy a product just because it's on uh, some patriot uh, show or some patriot recommended it or the owner of the company you know with some patriot. Yes, we want to network with people that think like us. No, we do not want to keep giving money to corporations that hate us. But you need to be careful. You need to still scrutinize products and investment opportunities uh, like you would uh, that come from so-called patriots, like you would any other. So be careful. So all these things we're going to get into more detail, these and others. Um, So why listen to me? Well, I mentioned it a little bit um, I have a long background in practical politics, also in government policy and history. I taught history at the university level, worked in the Congress, uh, worked with a lot of uh, people in government, local, state, federal government on uh, various government policies. And I kind of know how that world works and uh, not a good place at this point. and uh, electoral politics. So I have something to say about it. Not that everything I say is right, uh, or I'm going to insist that you, uh, uh, you know, conform to everything I tell you on this uh, on this show. But um, hope uh, I hope you listen, and I think it will be worth your while to do so. Uh, in particular, I have been a student of populism and elite capture, if you know what I mean by that term, and if you know what I mean by populism rising up from below against the powers that be, so to speak. I've been studying that most of my life. I wrote a book called Forerunner, The Unlikely Role of Ron Paul. I'd love it if you bought that book for fourteen ninety five. dollars But uh, I, I, I go into some length, not just, uh, you know, rah, rah, Ron Paul, he's great. But talking about the historical uh, forces that created Uh, the opportunity that Dr. Paul had in 2008 and then he expanded on further in 2012 and uh, and continues uh, his influence continuing to this day in organizations like Campaign for Liberty and Ron Paul Institute Um, so I know something about that stuff Uh, and have talked to a lot of other people who know something about about, uh, some of those facets of uh, of activism, really, of activism today and how things got to where they were and where they should go next. I told you I worked, I was a chief of staff for a congressman for five and a half years. I ran a think tank for three years in Seattle. I was Dr. Paul's national campaign manager. In many ways, I myself would say, so what? Uh, but uh, I've had a lot of experience and I was a volunteer. I was a grassroots person well into my 30s. I wasn't one of these kids. That, uh, Daddy was a big donor, and at 21, I got on the congressman's staff, and then I became a lobbyist. Then I went back into the administration. I mean, you know, that's a pattern of so many people, particularly back in Washington, D.C., and in our state capitals. So I wasn't one of those people, and uh, um, I never worked as a lobbyist. Um, and I'm old. I've seen quite a bit. So um, I think that qualifies me to say a few things, and that's why I'm doing this. You know, and uh, particularly interested in issues where 
both parties agree, quote unquote, and the entire public, or a huge percentage of the public disagrees. And historically and right up to the present day, free trade, quote unquote, free trade, immigration, uh, some of our uh, overseas adventures with the military, those are prime examples of this, prime examples. And it fascinates me how uh, uh, we allow uh, these powers to be in a country where we are not powerless, you are not powerless, uh, how we have allowed so many of these things to happen. So um, another area I'm real interested in is what happens to you when you do uh, challenge the elite in public life. And I think always of Joe McCarthy, who I love, sorry, Barry Goldwater, who uh, was a family friend, uh, and Trump. I think of those three guys, and I'll explain that more down the road. Um, so, anyway, this is all being uh, broadcast. That's not really even the right word anymore. But uh, you can find all of this about me and this show, Hour of Decision, on a new platform that I'm involved uh, with creating slowly but surely called News for America. And uh, that's at newsforamerica.org. Uh, and uh, going to be on many of the podcast platforms, I presume. We'll be doing some videos, too, short ones. They will be on Rumble and on X. That's the plan right now. So um, I'd love it if you uh, took a look at my book. I've got a sample of it on my website, lumore.com. Uh, and uh, you can also find me, find stuff about this show, find stuff about my book at newsforamerica.org, as well as uh, a lot of material from uh, friends of mine, uh, Jeff Nyquist. Uh, his stuff is top-notch. We're going to link to all of his stuff uh, on foreign policy and on uh, the American character and culture. We're going to be uh, linking to all of, I think now there's 20 videos from uh, Austin Hepworth, an attorney who is a practical guy, but also an ardent constitutionalist, talking about the law, the various aspects of the law. And then Lowell Nelson, who has a radio show and uh, it's been uh, aired, is still on once a week in Salt Lake, called The Path to State and Local Sovereignty and uh, talking about uh, the Constitution historically, the formation of it, and also many, uh, many solutions to our problems that can be found there. So again, my name is Lou Moore. This show is called Hour of Decision. Appreciate you following us, liking us, etc., etc., as we get up on these various platforms, starting with newsforamerica.org. Thank you very much. Talk to you again soon.